0: Turn
1: We certainly have some traditions on fish in Paul Bunyan Country. One of them is we start off the year with the overall picture from the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager, Henry Drews. We've done that. And then the other tradition before the opener is to take a look at what we call the big five in Paul Bunyan Country, Red, Leech, Winnie, Cass, and Lake of the Woods. Today, we'll get it started with Leech. My guest today is Carl Peterson. He is the Large Lake Specialist out of the Walker Area Office. Carl, thanks for joining us today, first off. Yep, glad to be here. When we talk Large Lake uh, in Walker, we're talking Leech, of course, uh, one of the biggest of all time. Um, Well, I guess I wouldn't say the biggest of all time, but but certainly in our area, one of the really big lakes. And you know, one of the things I've always been fascinated about Carl when it comes to Leech Lake is just how diverse it is. You know, some bays are shallow, some bays are deep. They're they're almost like uh, several different lakes in one, really.
0: Yeah, that's really neat thing about it. You know, Western Bay, Walker Bay, it gets over one hundred and fifty feet deep, and then you get to some of those other bays like Steamboat or Headquarters boy and they're they're real shallow. You know, up to um, you know shallow is ten feet deep, and weedy bluegill bass, northern pike, more like that. So it's it's definitely an interesting lake, and no matter what you want to fish in the area, it's it's got it. So.
1: Yeah, and it seems like in general um, the, the the population health of any of the species in the like are very good.
0: Yeah, for right now, walleyes are looking really good. Pike are doing pretty good. The only concern we have is is the perch population is down a bit, and so we're looking at doing a, a walleye regulation change that hopefully will uh, help improve that perch population for us. So, what are you what are you thinking about? Um, what we've done is it, we've had on since two thousand five. We had a 18 to 26 walleye protected slot limit with a four-fish bag limit, and that was modified in 2014 to a 20 to 26-inch protected slot. What we've done here for the opener in 2019 is remove that protected slot limit and go to more similar to the statewide regulation with one fish over 20-inch in possession, possession okay. limit of four.
1: So the possession limit remains the same four, yep. but, but uh, the one over can be, it's just anything over 20.
0: Anything over 20, yep. And the idea is that, uh, that we, when we looked at our, our survey results from the past couple of years, we've got quite a few big spawners out there, you know, the big females in the lake and a fairly no, good number of big males. And we were protecting those in that protected slot limit. And, and if we didn't allow some harvest on those, they they some of the males especially would just spend their entire lives in that protected slot limit. So, And then when we looked at the number of spawners that we have, we looked at how many spawning fish we have, you know, each young a year each year, we're having good recruitment each year as well. So that's the thing. We can, we can pull out some of those spawners and still have good recruitment every year. And,
1: and how do you feel that will help the perch? Uh,
0: well, the idea is that you've got these big fish out there feeding on those perch, so Reduce the number of fish that are out there feeding on them. Get some smaller fish in the lake that some folks can harvest as well. So if you look at the pounds of walleyes per net that we have in the lake, that's just been increasing and increasing and increasing. So you've got fewer fish that people can harvest and and that anglers can bring home. So the idea is to to open that up so they can bring a few more fish home, reduce that pounds per net that are in the lake, but, uh, but still have good year classes we can bring in each year.
1: Okay, I know. You know, uh, I had heard the last couple of years discussing things that you know perch was a concern on Leech Lake, and yet the, this year you had a lot of ice pressure out there, and I heard lots of great perch reports. So I'm I'm sure you lost a lot of perch in the in the ice fishing season.
0: Yeah, early ice, we we did. The, uh, you know, we saw pretty good catches and some pretty good anecdotal. You know, people coming in saying they were doing pretty good catching, but uh, ice conditions went pretty south pretty quick on Leeds. You know, the, the eel Pelt festival, I don't know if you saw any of that. The uh, Quite a bit of water, quite a bit of people getting stuck, and so our perch harvest here towards the end of the season pretty much turned down to zero. So access on the lake was almost impossible. So our normal perch harvest, really, really high perch harvest is this, this late ice you know late february into march and we just haven't seen anybody angling out there so that certainly saved a a fair number of perch and then talk to the guys too that are out there with their you know with their underwater cameras they're seeing quite a bit of small small perch that we won't necessarily catch in our gill nets because they'll swim right through so the uh i guess the prognosis is looking good for the perch at least on the next couple years for us
1: Okay, that's uh, that's definitely good news. Obviously, as it is fun fish to catch, number one, and number two, it is it is vital for the health of the walleye fishery as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, those that's the, you know main feed source on the lake is is the perch. Luckily, on Leech we also have Cisco's and Cisco's are basically swimming candy bars out there. They're like a Snicker bar. They got so much energy content compared to a perch. So, we haven't had any strong summer kills on the ciscoes in the past couple of years. So that population has been kind of helping out keeping the walleyes and the, and the northerns and the muskies on the lake going as well.
1: Okay. Um, the new limit is uh, with not without controversy. I know there were some people that spoke out against it and had some concerns. What were their main concerns?
0: Um, you know, some of the concerns we heard were that uh, they thought the new regulations were a little bit too liberal. They, worried they were going to pull too many fish off the lake. You know, some people we had, you know, some of the comments we came in, um, we're saying we, you know, maybe we should go down to a two bag or maybe we should uh, keep the slot limit on or make it even more more strict. But, you know, the majority public support, we had 75% of the public comments that came in were in support of the regulations. So we were pretty comfortable with it. You know, we socially it was acceptable and biologically it made the most sense. So that's why we were, we we're going with the reg right change. And the nice thing about Leech Lake, too, is it's an adaptive management lake. We're, we're out there serving it every single year. We review it every year. We've got an input group, a, you know, a public input group process that we use every single year. So we present the, the results to this input group that we look at. The management plan has specific goals outlined in it that uh you know, did we meet those this year? Yep. If not, there's some action items that are built into that plan that was developed with the input from the public as well. So we're pretty comfortable with what we've got now and we'll you know, we'll change the regulation and we'll keep evaluating the next year, two or three and we might have to we might have to adjust it as we go from there.
1: Uh, I think most people who live up here certainly know the, the the journey of Leech Lake and and you know how dire things were. I don't even remember how many years ago now. But for those who maybe uh, are are new and and not real familiar, just a real brief rundown of of the things that that they've been doing on Leech Lake to get it back to where it is now.
0: Okay. Well, really, the the, the low numbers they saw in walleyes were back in the, around 2004, 2005, and attributed to a couple of different things. The main thing was we had a, a cormorant explosion on the lake where the goal right now we've got we manage the cormorant population on the lake and the goal is to keep it around 500 nesting pairs. Well we were seeing upwards of over 10,000 cormorants on the lake in the mid-2000s so we've, we've been able to develop some control efforts with uh, some help at the Leech Lake Indian Reservation and um, those cormorant numbers have been kept down and in the same process, we also implemented, at the same time, we implemented that, uh, the protected slot limit to protect some of those spawning fish to build back that fishery quicker. <clears throat> and, that, uh, and then we also stocked. We stocked from 2005 to 2014 to give it another little boost. And we started seeing that uh, we were having plenty of natural reproduction and so in 2014 was last year we stocked, and 15, 16, and 17, and 18, we had tremendous natural reproduction that are produced those strong-year classes. So we've brought the fishery back, and uh, crossing our fingers, we'll keep it there for quite a while. Okay. It's
1: amazing when you think about what the cormorants uh, were doing to that lake. I mean, taking out a lot of small walleyes, but also back to the perch. They were taking a ton of perch out of that lake, too.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they take the prey base out that not only taking walleyes, they take what the walleyes are eating. So it. it it, there was, you know, originally there, there wasn't a belief that the, the cormorants could really do damage to the lake. But, uh, you know, the studies that they did on the lake and a lot of the research, they really realized, yeah, these things are really doing some work. And we, uh, we need to look at that if we're going to have a strong walleye population and perch population.
1: And uh, it took a while, but uh, quite a success story.
0: Yep, it's definitely, And, you know, and that's one thing that uh, Leech Lake Cormorant Management is—they're looking at it nationwide. It's not just here in our state of Minnesota. But uh, Doug Schultz, a biologist here in, in our office or the, our area supervisor, he was just in in DC presenting to the, to the Fish and Wildlife Service and other folks about the cormorant management and how it absolutely can affect to fish in the in the lakes.
1: So um, so right now we 're in pretty good shape. Uh, the numbers are good you 're able to do natural reproduction uh, you 're able to get loosen up that regulation a little bit um, and i don 't think there 's been too much demand, in fact, probably very little for going beyond four at this point, has there
0: No, not really. you know people are seem pretty comfortable with that four fish limit and So uh, when we proposed it, if if anything, the comments came in wanting to reduce that even more. But we're pretty comfortable with the four-fish limit, and most of the public seem pretty comfortable with it as well.
1: This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country with your host, Kev Jackson. He's the one asking the stupid questions.
0: This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country.
1: Carl Peterson, Large Lake Specialist, out of the Walker Area office, joining me to talk about Leech Lake today. And Carl, muskies are really strong again. Uh, there was a stretch, you know. I always like to watch the Big Muskies Inc. tournament, and uh, there was fewer big fish for a, I'd say, about a three-year stretch, and then all of a sudden, boom. They were right back with a lot of 50-inch uh, fish and upper 40s fish, and it and, uh, looks like the population for the muskies are, is really strong on leech again.
0: Yeah, you know, what we've done in the past couple of years, since 2015, is we've actually worked with the uh, the tournaments, the, the muskie tournaments on the lake. and. We'll provide creel forms for them, and the anglers will fill out these creel forms so it gives them a chance to see what they're catching. And the nice thing is that uh, we're only on the lake. We do muskie surveys once every four years on Leech Lake, and actually it's not even a survey. It's to collect spawning for our genetic stocks for the rest of the lakes in the state. So actually the Leech Lake genetic strain is what, is stocked into all the other muskie lakes in the state right now. So every four years we'll go back in and pull out some fresh genetics material. So we only get our hands on the fish once every four years. But with this muskie tournament, working with them, that we can actually see what they're catching every year and, you know, compare those results from year to year to year, and hopefully we'll develop some pretty strong data sets as we continue to work with those guys. And and that's what we've seen. We've, you know, we've seen, if you look at the length frequencies, the length of different fish that they're catching, it's fairly spread out, you know, fish from... 25 inches all the way up to 54 inches, so it's it's a good mix and good good mi- middle numbers of 40s and everything in between. So right now things are are looking definitely good for the muskies on the lake.
1: And that's uh that's the difference uh, between leech and you know a few lakes like uh, here in the Bemidji area. We have got some really trophy like muskies, but not a lot of younger recruitment at the moment.
0: Yeah, that's, like I said, we you know I look at the, the numbers of those lower smaller fish 30s and up to 35 but we're seeing that there's a good blip of those fish coming up into the fishery so things are, are looking good for muskies as well as we come up
1: certainly you've got a, a tremendous bass population um probably have become now after all these years uh of, of getting out in the uh uh on the pipeline people know leech is probably one of the best bass lakes maybe in america and now you got smallmouth in the mix of it too
0: yeah, our smallmouth numbers—we're starting to see a few more here and there, and we hear stories of people coming in. and Says, "Boy, I got into just a pile of smallmouth. It was just one after the other. You know, they're bouncing a jigging a minnow for walleyes, and all of a sudden they find a pot of smallmouth." So, we haven't seen a ton when we've been sampling. You know, we don't—we haven't gotten. I think we got one in our gillnets last year, and that's that's rare for us. I know our creel survey when we did it last time, the creel clerk saw one in in 2016. And I've seen a few here and there. We shocked it. We used our electrofishing boat back in 2015 and shocked the whole, the whole almost the three quarters of the main lake basin. And I think we got 25 smallmouth. But we're starting to see some in our sains as well. You know, the small fish we're getting in in the shore near shores. And then in uh, in 2018, what we're trying to do is trying to get a feel for what the, what the bass, bluegill, and crappie populations. A better standard sampling for those in the lake as well so we in 2012 we sampled the bass bluegill and crappie and same thing in 2015 and then in 18 as well so now we're going to do it every four years we'll go back in do the same sites sampling the same time of year and see if we're seeing any changes you know looking for the size differences and and, in some of the catch rates but length ranges and and uh, what we're seeing out there for the bass bluegills and crappies
1: okay um yeah i'd talk a little bit more specifically about bluegills and crappies numbers there seem strong i know they're not always the easiest fish to catch particularly yeah. crappies
0: yeah. <laughs> that's the dilemma you know with uh, with sampling those fish on such a large lake that uh the especially bass and, and crappies especially because the, the the best time to catch them is when they're coming in to spawn and it's a pretty narrow window so if you're not getting them when they're moving it it's it's pretty tough to hit so we uh to combine the bass crappie and bluegill sampling all at the same time it's kind of hit or miss so you know the catch rates aren't exactly the best always for us but uh what we can do is we can use some of the size ranges and the spring sampling that we did this year we saw fish from four inches black crappie um all the way up to 14 inches Mm. some good size ranges out there and you know a, a good mix all the way in between so you know Two, threes fours all the way up to those fourteens and you know a good number of them tens and 11s. so and we've heard definite good reports of those shallow bays that uh, in the spring those trompies are moving in there doing fairly well for those okay um northern pike how's how the, how are they looking you know northern pike on leech it's it's pretty amazing when you look at the uh, the catch rates that we have in our gill nets it's unbelievably stable they they haven't very, very much from historic, you know, all the way back into the 60s, around somewhere between four to six fish per net almost every single time, and that's where we're about now. You know, nothing really, really huge. We're not getting, the, you know, the 40s that they are up in Lake of the Woods, but uh, pretty consistent catches and, and pretty consistent sizes on the lake.
1: Well, I know that, uh, you know, we, we've got all kinds of, uh, we have a new uh, northern regulation in. I think we're in a second year of it now. Um, so obviously, we won't see how that's working for for a few years down the road yet.
0: Yeah, those you know that northern regulation certainly not; it shouldn't hurt Leech Lake at all. But it, I think that's more; it's going to be geared better towards some of those smaller lakes that are really seeing those hammer handles. That you know, those really really high catch rates the really small fish. So we'll uh, we'll see how the northern population reacts to that regulation on the leech and as we keep looking at these surveys every year as well.
1: Let's talk a little bit about AIS. Um, you've got a few things in the lake. Um, let's start with the one everybody's talking about these days, zebra mussels. I know there's a few over there, or you've, you've, you've spotted them in there.
0: Yeah, we have. And uh, a couple of years ago, we, we do this, uh, we call zooplankton tows, which is basically a small net. We drop down to the bottom lake and pull it up, and it samples a, a column of water and then what it's looking for is the little teeny, you know, like microscopic um, plants that, and bugs that uh, the fish eat. So in 2016, we found a few villagers in those toes in two different spots, in Portage Bay in, in July and Cabacona Bay in September. And then in 2017, we did the same surveys. We do it once a month throughout the summer, and we didn't find any. And then last year again in Walker Bay in September and then in Agency Bay in September and October, we found a few of those villagers. And then the same, we also found there was one sailboat. We got a phone call from one of the resorts. They were pulling a uh, sailboat out, and they found a few adults on the boat. And then uh, same thing, and we went out and surveyed where that boat had been moored and looked up and down and back and forth on the shoreline looking for any adults. We couldn't find any adults. Same thing last year. The uh, Just that one boat had adults on it, and that's the only place in the entire lake where we've found any adults so far, that one, that one boat. And I don't know whether he's picking them up, but... Uh, so it's, a, it's a, just a conundrum. We keep scratching our head, but uh, we know they're out there in the lake now, and so we're just waiting to see how much change there's going to be and how much effect the zebra mussels are going to have on Leech Lake.
1: At this point, you really haven't seen any of those changes.
0: No, not at all. There's so few in the lake right now that uh, we're considering this a, a pre-zebra mussel infestation. So you know, the, we're doing a lot of a little bit of extra work, like actually some cormorant work, some diet studies to see what they're eating right now before zebra mussel infestation to see how much the the zebra mussels are changing. The cormorant diets, we're doing some extra zooplankton toes, and we actually did some food web stuff as well to see how much that food web changes pre-zebra mussel infestation and post-zebra mussel infestation.
1: Okay. Um, You also have, uh, I believe, uh, rusty crayfish?
0: Yeah, we've got a lot of rusty crayfish. (laughs) Actually, we keep track of them in our gillnets. We set 36 gillnets in our fall sampling, and we keep track of the, the numbers of rusty crayfish that we pull out of the nets because they get entangled in those nets, and it's really, really, really fun to pull those out. And they, uh <laughs> last year was the highest catch rate that we've had of the rusty crayfish. But the one thing we, we noticed is that um, what happened in previous years, you'd get, you might have a net with a thousand or twelve hundred in it, and then uh, you know the nets on the other side of the lake wouldn't have any. Well, this year it seemed like there was, they were a little bit more spread out. So all the nets, most all the nets, had two, three hundred up to 400 crayfish in them. So that's certainly affecting some things. We, we, you know, we're fairly certain that it's affecting some of the vegetation in the lake. Some of our big cabbage beds are, are gone in the lake that, uh, you know, long used to be there, but affected by the rusty crayfish. But, you know, some of the fish also eat rusty crayfish. So, you know, that's one thing that might benefit smallmouth if they get turned on to those rusty crayfish. And, as the lake changes, if it changes with zebra mussels, those uh, that might benefit smallmouth as well. So we'll just have to see what happens with those, and you know, maybe we can convince some of our walleye to start eating them too. You never know.
1: What is the concern of what of rusty crayfish? What What are you worried about? I mean, what is it? Just that they're uh, invasive, or is there something that they can do to affect the lake?
0: Yeah, the biggest thing that uh, I know the biggest concern from the local anglers is that, like I said, those those weed beds they they used to fish, you know, especially up in Portage Bay and things like that, that are that are now basically gone. We haven't seen those at all. So, and they compete with the native fish as well, the sure. native crayfish as well. So we we rarely see, we don't see very many of the native crayfish that are originally in the lake. So that's some of the biggest concerns mm. with the rusties.
1: All right, and uh, anything else? That you that you need to be taking notes on uh, as far as AIS in Le- in Leech lake.
0: You know, the um, we have Eurasian water milfoil, and that's that's starting to spread out into some of the larger bays oh, in the lake, like Sucker Bay is really seeing some some issues with it. But for the most part, in the in the main part of the lake, that it it doesn't anchor down real well, so that's why it usually grows pretty well in the in those secluded bays so you know if you get a lot of wind like we do on leach once the wind starts blowing a little bit it really starts turning things up but we're starting to see that eurasian water mill foil expanding a bit into the some of the larger bays in the lake so that's certainly a concern but it, in the in the main lake it's not going to be too much of an issue
1: okay and i know uh you know it, it, it chokes out a lot of the native weeds and what other negative impacts are there
0: that's the main thing it's choking out that native vegetation and then also, if it gets really, really thick in those shallow bays, it can you can affect you know boating in the lakes as well. So you know you have trouble getting your boat through it and things like that. So
1: okay. Um, other than the concerns we we just uh, went over, uh, anything that is got uh, fisheries concerned about leach?
0: Not really. Like I said, the the main concern that we had was the. Uh, the uh, the perch numbers that was the biggest worry and hopefully we're gonna we're gonna take care of that with the walleye regulation as we go and there was some concern with cormorant numbers but uh, last year we had a few extra cormorants usually what happens the cormorants will come up they'll fly up stop here and then they'll head up into Canada but we had such a late spring last year that we think that we had some extra cormorants stuck around that normally wouldn't have stuck around That uh on a normal spring like it looks like we're going to have this year those birds will just continue on up into canada so and farther you know okay. north and lead so but those those are the two main concerns and then as as we go on zebra mussels the effects of what zebra mussels to do the lake or or something that's going to worry us a bit so sure
1: um Numbers of anglers, uh, fishing pressure, uh, same as as historically, or up and down, or down.
0: In the last creel survey, they were down a bit, but uh, we, um, with the new regulation coming on, thankfully we were able to 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 secure some funding to do a a creel survey here in 2019. So the anglers will see the creel survey. Uh, clerks at the accesses public accesses and we also creel at some of the resorts as well so that'll give us a really good idea of how much angling pressure is increased decreased and how much harvest we're seeing an in- increase if if not from this new regulation so we can help us you know really dial in our management on the lake
1: okay if you were an instructor and leach lake was your student what grade would you give it right now
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm biased because I live right here <laughs> and I work on the lake. But uh, I'd say, you know, I'd, I'd give it an A, maybe since the perch is a problem, give it an A minus. But um, hopefully we'll keep it where it's at. Okay. Carl Peterson
1: is the Large Lake Specialist out of the Walker Area Fisheries Office, giving us the preview on Leech Lake this year. Carl, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Now we're going fishing. Bye-bye, young country.